0: On this episode of the Tough Juice Podcast, I had none other than a close friend and former teammate, Chris Paul. CP3! It was an amazing episode. We talked about how this season ended with the coronavirus and also the 2011-2012 season where a trade was vetoed for him joining the Los Angeles Lakers and eventually joining the Los Angeles Clippers and becoming Lob City. And the regrets of not this capturing the moment in that time where a lot of things could have, I, I'll let you listen to the episode. We also talked about the legacy and what he want to be remembered as. Uh, the epic moment of him stepping on the ESPY stage with Carmelo Anthony, uh, LeBron James, and Dwayne Wade in addressing social issues of the black and brown. You do not want to miss this episode. It is off the chain. Tune in to the Tough Juice podcast on the Himalaya app or wherever you listen to your pods. What's going on, my brother? It's a pleasure and honor to have you on the Tough Juice Podcast. Uh, none other than CP3, uh, future Hall of Famer, president of the NBA Players Association. What's going on, fam? How you doing?
1: Man, I'm good, brother. Appreciate you having me.
0: Man, come on, man. It's a pleasure and honor. Uh, I, I can't not start off this interview without addressing the, the current situation of the coronavirus and where we're at in the state or where we're as as a whole. Uh, what's your perspective on everything that you're seeing? I mean, you was part of the game with OKC in Utah when, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and all that was announced.
1: Yeah, man, it was uh, it was tough. Uh, I mean, I think we're all experiencing uncharted territory, you know. So I think uh, for most of us on a daily basis, we like to plan things out, you know, whether it be I'm going to go here or I'm going to go there. And, you know, for me to be 34 years old, uh, you know, to have my family, my kids, and this is something that we could prepare for. I don't think anybody could prepare for it. So very rarely are there situations where no one in the world has the answer, you know, and don't have the timetable. So, um, I mean, as best as you can, just trying to be there for, you know, my family, uh, friends, relatives, whoever it is, and try to stay home as much as possible.
0: Yeah, you're doing a great job of, you know, practicing social distancing, the reason why we on this uh, podcast, uh, doing it and streaming it the way that we're doing it. Uh, can you just take us back to, you know, that particular moment, you know, you as the union president, when you found out that, you know, it was something uh, happening with one of the, the players in the association. Uh, I don't know if it was Rudy Gobert first, or obviously Donovan Mitchell did not uh, test positive yet, but. What was the protocol? What what happened in the moment that y'all knew that an NBA player was tested positive for the coronavirus?
1: Uh, we were getting ready for the game, like any and everybody else. And you know, when Donnie from my team ran out on the court, you know, we didn't know. What going on. You know, we you know we about to do the jump ball, and uh, after that, you know, you go back to the locker room and you're like, man, like. This is my 15th season. I ain't never seen nothing like that. And uh, as soon as they said that the game was canceled, you know, I first got on the phone with Michelle, obviously, Roberts, to let her know she didn't know. Obviously, she didn't know yet. anybody No, no one knew. And then it was just like, wow, you know, because leading up to that, there have been conversations about, you know, but we started playing with our fans, you know, all that speculation was going on. Nobody knew that that situation was going to happen. Once that happened, there were
0: question marks everywhere. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, essentials being invited to the game, can you see an NBA season being played in the foreseeable near future?
1: Man, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, I, I'm not even, like, being political. Or not like, I really don't know. I really don't know. I know uh, the players that I talk to. We hope, obviously, we hope that we can somehow, some way, save the season. Uh, but it's it's tough to know right now because, like I said, this is crazy. We have no answers. Like nobody can predict predict if this is going to be this amount of weeks so or that amount of weeks. So it's just the uncertainty.
0: Yeah. Going forward, I, I was on the I was on the phone and I did an interview yesterday with Yahoo Sports, and he was talking about some of the protocols that may be taken going forward, like when the season do come back, whether it's six months, two months, a year from now, whatever, um, having some type of glass frame or something, you know, wow. courtside, you know, from a distance standpoint, do you think something like that uh, could actually be incorporated in the game? You know, if talking about courtside seating. Man, that's the first
1: I heard of that. I mean, it's crazy because you just, you just never know. Yeah. You know, that almost makes me think of like a hockey. Yeah. You know what I mean, but um I think that the thing that the league is going to do is figure out what's best for the players and what's best for the fans. You know what I mean, whatever is going to make sure that everybody can have the best experience and make sure that the game is still as exciting as possible. I think we're going to explore every single um opportunity, idea, whatever it is. You if we do have to play some games without fans being there, at least people will be able to watch the games, you know? Because yeah. everybody's talking like, I don't know. Like, I, usually, somehow, I try to find out the answers, but I we don't have them. Yeah.
0: So pivot away from that conversation for a bit. I, I, I see you active, you know, with your kids on social media and doing all the things. I'm doing the same thing, my brother. Right. What has it been like, you know, with that being pushed away into the backside, uh, the sport and the game, this quality time that you've been able to spend with your family and loved ones?
1: Man, you know what's crazy, CB, is um, like my vets that I played with, whether it be you, whether it be Chance, whether it be Willie Green, all these different guys. Like you know me, I pay, whether I pay attention, you know what I mean, to uh, retirement or whatnot and what life is like and stuff, and so whether guys want it or not but this is your first little taste of somewhat like retirement mm-hmm. you know? and the last 15 years i've always been on the go i'm going i'm going it's a game here i'm here home for a few days or not taking the kids to school but i'm not really there with them while they're at school and all this different type of stuff so As unfortunate as this situation is, it's been unbelievable to be (laughs) dad. Like, seriously, man. Like, I I sort of get emotional thinking about it. Like, waking up, seeing my kids, even having Chris in the backyard. Like, a lot of times I can't, like, hoop with him or run around with it because I got a game the next day. So, you know, you want to save your legs and whatnot. But it's it's been uh, trying. It's tough now. Don't get the twisted. The (laughs) schoolwork is not a game. It's not a game. Fourth grade hard as hell, man. What? (laughs) don't get me started. Listen, man. I've been washing clothes, cooked breakfast the other morning, man. So it's been it's been dope actually being a full time dad. You know what I'm saying? And husband. And so especially this year, living in Oklahoma without my family, man, this this is you know what this time is. It's time to reconnect.
0: Hey, listen, uh, and that's, I'm so glad you said that because, you know, for me personally as well, man, this it's the best time in my life right now. You know, being at home, uh, you know, teaching fourth grade, trying to help substitute teaching and doing all these things, activities around the house. It's crazy. Some of the things that we don't get a chance to do because we're so wrapped up in our professions and busy. But uh, I definitely want to talk about you know, just some of the things that a lot of guys have been doing to stay in shape currently. Uh, I've seen you working out. I see the balls. I see all the things, like, what have you been up to, man, in the lab just trying to stay, you know,
1: ready for whatever? Man, you know, it's crazy. Um uh, I was in Oklahoma for a while, like, quarantined, and I finally got out here to be with family. And, um, you know, before everything was, like, getting shut down, I was like, okay, this is what I know I I was like, I know I need like gym equipment. I need need my gym because I me and my family were actually in the process of moving. Uh-huh. So I was like, gotta have a gym, gotta have a gym, man. Listen. So after <laughs> we finish school, after we finished school or not with the kids, and it's been dope. Like I've never really gotten a chance to work out with my wife. You know what I mean? Oh. So, so yeah, so you know, me and my wife are in there, and my kids, like all of us are in there, and. It's it's just a breath of fresh air to work out. So I'm I'm on a treadmill because listen here, I got that fat gene, CB. (laughs) Trust me, I know. I do too. (laughs) I know myself. If I today I had a nice little cardio circuit and I I hit my trainers and I was like, thank y'all, like for sending me the workouts or whatnot, because like I need that. That's a part like for me, that's a necessity with all that's going on.
0: Yeah, speaking of that project that you had came out with, uh, "Game Changers," and I—I I, I recall Carmen sent me sent me the invitation, and I come to the theater, and it's produced by you, I think. Uh, who else? Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jackie Chan, a couple other individuals, uh, high-profile individuals. But it was something that I was not expecting to see on the big screen, and it was a lot of lessons. And I see you, DJ, and all you guys excelling this season. Does that have anything to do with, you know, the success that you're having this season?
1: Uh, I think it has a lot to do with success this season, uh, along with my uh, trainers, DP, out of, out of Florida. And so a combination of both. I mean, for me, um, with that game-changers thing, it's funny. I almost don't tell nobody. You know what I mean? I like, it's like a hidden jewel, game. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this, and it's tough, you know what I mean? It's tough because that's never been, you know, your normal, you know what I mean? Eating that certain way or whatnot. And I tell you, uh, right here I go talking about it, but like, like just to even talk about juice buds, like for real, yeah. like when, I, when I'm here, I go get that acai bowl, you know what I mean? <laughs> so um, the more you realize that like food is like energy for the body, you know what I mean? And that you don't have to hurt. You don't have to be sore. And so, man, I, I feel better now than I did.
0: <laughs> you feel like you got the, that cheat sheet, huh? Yeah, listen here. I got
1: it. I'm going <laughs> to keep it over here, too. Right now.
0: <laughs> so, I, we was talking and looking at the MVP ladder all season long, and I was just saying that you're definitely top five on that ladder for numerous reasons, but for me – Personally, this evaluating your season, I felt like this was one of your best leadership, uh, This what, what you embodied the whole season. A lot of people felt like you wasn't going to be a disgruntled uh, superstar or, or a vet, somebody that got a little long in the tooth that wasn't happy being in OKC, was going to try to pivot, give back some money and go back to a situation where he felt was more prosperous, uh, you know, this more uh, uphill but you did a remarkable job at you know adapting to your environment adapting to your situation like was that a challenge for you to like settle in and just be like you know what I'm going to stay here I'm going to be the best version of me I'm going to develop these guys because man bro from a leadership standpoint I think this is your best job that you've done
1: man I appreciate it, CB and it's crazy cuz <clears throat> at some point we'll have a real long <laughs> uh when the season got over uh, last year and then I started training this past summer. Trainer, my trainer came out and we started from scratch. You know what I mean? And just rebuilding my body back up, right? Rebuilding my body back up. And it's crazy. Uh, we started back in, back in June. And man, like, I feel like I got a new body. Like, as far as, like, strength and this and uh, being able to go left or move this way and all. And so when the trade happened, it's crazy. When I got traded to OKC, I tell people all the time, I wasn't tripping at all about the trade. I was just only upset because I knew I was going to probably be away from my family. Um, I've been putting so much work in and hooping that I was like, okay, cool. Everybody can speculate all this or it's going to be this or it's going to be that. You know that you feel good and that you can hoop. You know, what I mean, it didn't matter where I went. And then once I got to OKC, it's funny because people don't realize, like, you have to prove yourself. You know? Again, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's and I'm cool with that. Like, I don't, they don't care what you didn't did. Like, I got, to see and, you know, I got to prove myself. You know, I got to prove that I can play this night, or that you can be durable, or that you that you good. You know, it's all. But I was cool with that because I put the work in during the summer and leading up into the season. And then the other part was we just got a great organization and a great guys. The leadership part, that's just us hooping. You know what I mean? That's just that.
0: Yeah. Talking to Sam Pressey, man, he said you give him pleasure and something to look for every time he come to work, just knowing that you're on that roster. And that's like – that's a hell of a statement, man, coming from him. And I think it's a testament to, you know, all the hard work and sweat equity that you put into the game, man. You know, so as a big bro to you, man, I'm proud of you. And, you know, man, keep changing the narrative and keep, you know, keep going, man, because you, it don't look like
1: you slowing down none whatsoever, bro. Okay, man, it's crazy because you just, <clears throat> I mean, you look at Braun, you look at uh, other guys play in their career and it's, You know, CB, it's about the work that you put in. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, even in this unfortunate time that we're going through right now, uh, I didn't look at it as a break. You know what I mean? I look at it as an opportunity to get stronger, to get better in places that I I wasn't. And that's the only way you're going to be able to compete with the, you know, the young guys that's coming in, trying to take your spot year in and year out.
0: And I think it's the toughest position in the league, man. When you look at the point guard position, like, it's no nights off for
1: y'all, bro. No, not whatsoever. Not whatsoever. You know what I mean? At least that night that the season stopped, I mean, it was about to be Donovan and Mike Conley. So, it don't. Yeah. Ain't, ain't no quit at that position. Yeah. So, you
0: talked about the trade, and I want to go back to 2011-2012 season where a trade was pretty much uh, resent the vetoed. To, for you to go to the Los Angeles Lakers, can you can you just touch on that a little bit and what you think the trajectory of your your career, your you know your, your seasons after that would have been if that would have happened? You joining the Lakers with you know our brother Kobe
1: Bryant. Man, I don't know. It's, <clears throat> if that would have happened, uh, which it did for a little while, uh, like me and Kobe got on the phone that night and talked. Um, it would have been crazy because we were so much alike as far as competitive-wise. And who, who knows what would have happened? Who knows? I know one thing, uh, people probably would have been in trouble because as, <laughs> as, as hard as Cole worked, um, I would have fed off that. You know what I mean? I would have got a chance to learn something. And then and also, I feel like I would have took a lot of load off of him. You know, what I mean, as as much as Cole was killing and all that, like people don't realize how good Cole could shoot, you know. And so at that point in 2011, 2012, I feel like I would have got an opportunity to get him some butt naked, like three (laughs) wide open shots, you know what I mean? And him not having to hit everybody with all that footwork and all them double teams and trouble. So um, it'll always be one of those things, you know, wish it could have been.
0: Yeah, man. And, and and the time that, you know, we spent with Lob City and the Clipper time. What what was one of your biggest takeaways, uh, you know, from that experience?
1: Man, it's so crazy, C B and people don't realize me and DJ, me and DJ talk every day. Like literally before I got on here, me and DJ was on time. Literally about every day. Um And we talk about it a lot in that when you're in it, you don't appreciate it enough. And now shoot, even last year or whatnot. You, like, people always tag you on Twitter or stuff like that and these different clips. And I'm looking at all these dunks Blake was doing and DJ was doing how excited we were. And I don't think I appreciated it enough then. You know what I mean? Even those relationships. I talked to Jamal Crawford two days ago because his son is like dunking, putting the ball between his legs and doing all this stuff. And that was a special time. That was a very special time, and I, I missed that. But we was just all too into ourselves at the time, man, that people, like, for years and years, they're going to say, oh, that team should have been, should have been that. But we, we were what we were.
0: Yeah, man. I always say that too, man. As as much as we were stacked and, you know, we had Chauncey Billups Lamar Mario Obviously, the young nucleus with you, the perennial all-stars. We had the superstars. We had all that. And uh we fell a little short, man. CB, so I, CB, I
1: was watching uh something the other day. I was watching that comeback that we had. Oh,
0: with Nick Young?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Forgot, was, I forgot you was hurt then. But, like, CB, we got some crazy. Your hand was messed up. Yeah. But then you came back. That's killing. Like, the fact that you played in that series with the broke hand. And then I ain't going to tell everybody I'm here, but you remember like we always having to get shot
0: Yeah man it that was, that? It, yeah it was going crazy with it My
1: was JP like, your hand, everybody was having to get everybody was having to get that
0: We got yeah. to we got to do a story on that shit one day <laughs> <That> pain, <laughs> Hey I don't
1: play with the pain man
0: no as far away as, as possible right <laughs> Exactly Damn. I, you know what? I, I think about what you just said. And like, sometimes when you look at stuff in hindsight, in the position that you're in now being, uh, you know, the players association president, why is it so important for you to like, you brought insurance and you brought those types of things to the table for the, the guys that really that laid the foundation for the game. Why was that important for you to do?
1: Man, it was important because, um, it's, it's so crazy how I think sometimes people don't understand the importance of vets. You know what I mean? Like, especially sometimes, like, when GMs or whatnot, they're constructing the teams, they always get these young guys, get these young guys, but they don't understand the importance of vets. And vets teach you how to work. They teach you how to, you know, be on time, be early, always get Udonis has I ain't never played on the same team with UD, but I always pay attention to him from because he just worked, right? Yeah. But what vets do is they give you that knowledge. And when you're younger, you're not thinking about uh, 401K. You're not thinking about insurance and co-pays and all that. But the one thing that all of us current players have in common is that at some point we'll be retired players. man. You know what I mean? And so I think that was important. And we're the only professional league with that is, I mean, when I go play games in arenas now, it's it's so crazy when, other former players, they don't come up and say nothing about basketball. They just be like, thanks, man. I'd be like, Not, no, no thanks to me. It's a thanks to the entire body of players because we had to vote for that. But um, it's dope to know that we all have health care.
0: Hey, where did that, that foundation come from? Because I know a lot of people are familiar with your story uh, early on, you know, with your grandfather and just that stability. with your father training you guys. Like, is it because you had those men in your life that groom you for this moment or was it going through so much adversity that prepared you for this moment?
1: Um, I think going through a lot and then always asking questions, learning. Uh, and my pops just always taught me about being selfish. Yeah. And, you know, I always say, you know, it's a lot of men, especially, young African-American men that grow up without fathers, right? And you know, whenever somebody wins something big, they be like, man, I don't want a You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and CB, you know my mama, I to death. Mama you know, Paul, baby. But my pops, my dad, who's always sort of just laying back in the cut, chilling and whatnot, like my pops always taught me how to be a man. You know what I mean? Taught me how to be a man about responsibility, about talking and communicating. And so um, I'm just, always trying to learn and understand that it's more than just you. It's your, it's your team.
0: Yeah, and, and speaking of, you know, always understanding and getting out your own way, I, I felt like one of your biggest selfless moments away from the basketball court was the ESPY Awards when you and Carmelo and D-Wade and LeBron all stepped up there on that uh, on that stage and identified the problem that was happening in the black and brown community that needed to be, you know, recognized and brought the light. Like what was that moment like for all of you guys and you personally?
1: Man, that was that was a special moment and um it's crazy, man. Uh probably about uh maybe a month and a half ago, excuse me, uh lady named Mora, who was um, the executive producer for the Espies who actually made all that come together, actually passed away. So, I saw that. Uh, that that was tough to deal with because without her that whole thing would have never hap- happened so um yeah but doing doing that was was powerful and then like we said it was bigger than us uh, and we all got a chance to talk about something that affects all of us in different ways and i think it gave athletes an opportunity too to understand that they can speak up on different uh issues no matter what it may be as long as they believe in it and don't be
0: afraid to to be who you are. Yeah, ultimately, when you look at your legacy as you know, as a basketball player, I'm I'm so proud to have have had the opportunity to play with you. Uh, I consider you my brother. I consider you family. You know that. Like at a drop of a dime, you ever need something, I'm I'm gonna be there. No, no strings attached. And I know I know that goes vice versa. One of the reasons why you doing this right now. I know you. Can be busy doing a lot of things but you always make time even when you don't have time man and I appreciate that but what do you want your legacy to be you know as a basketball player and, and most importantly as a human
1: being man as a basketball player um, first of all I think just competing you know what I mean I think that's the biggest thing that I bring to game any team whatever is like the will to win you know what I mean I'm I'm telling you, like, my stats on a nightly basis might not jump out. I might not have 30. I might not have guess what. And (laughs) nobody want to win worse than I did. And I don't care what it is. You know, when we used to play the one-on-one games before practice, whether it's a shooting competition or whatever, you can think whatever you want to about me, but I'm going to compete. You know what I mean? No matter how big, small you are, fast, slow, whatever, like, that's, that's who I am when it comes to basketball. And then uh, as, as a man, a human or whatnot, I think the biggest failure for me would be that is if everybody remembered me as a basketball player. Yeah, man. I mean, if at the end of the day, you know, at my funeral, they just talking about me hooping and something wasn't right. <laughs> something wasn't right.
0: Yeah, that's, that, you don't want that. I'm telling you. And, and that's something that, you know, me and Cole, you know, he's talk about all the time, you know, it's just our second acts, man. Like you want to, you wanted it to be special. You, and, and you want to want it to be better than the first one. And, you know, I felt like he was the measuring stick. He was the bar that, you know, he was you know, breaking new boundaries and doing it and inspiring all, all of us to be a best better version of ourselves. And you see that with LeBron James and obviously with yourself as well, man, tapping into different ventures and everything. So uh, I'm extremely proud of you, brother. And, um, uh, one more thing I had for you when I look at uh, just the social distancing and everything that's happening in this space, is there anything, uh, any words that you want to just say, you know, to the people out there that's, that's watching this, huge fans of, of yours?
1: Man, I think the biggest thing I want to do is send out a big thank you to, um, you know, the medical workers and the people who are out there. Um, You know, whether it's uh, the people in the food and beverage business and medical field who are out there on the front lines day in and day out exposing themselves. But once again, trying to make sure that everyone else is uh, okay. I commend you guys, respect you guys. Uh, We got to keep trying to be there for for one another in all different ways Everyone is dealing with this situation in, in different ways, so uh, things like this, man, like <laughs> this just even feels good, you know what I mean, to be able yeah. to talk and interact. so um, all my boys that I grew up with back home, we got a group chat. I FaceTimed everybody. We all got on a group FaceTime today just so you can see and interact with people because uh, everyone are faced with different challenges, you know, with the with the layoffs or the furloughs and all this. So we, we just got to try to be there as much as possible for one another and, and try to beat this thing so we all come out stronger. That's powerful, brother. And those words will echo.
0: And I'd, I'd, I'd like to ask this last question as well. Like, what you've done in your career and how you've empowered your brother, CJ, and- other family members, and you're a guy that always have your family around. What, why is that so important for you to be able to do that and important for that to happen? Uh,
1: I think that's important because one day basketball will stop. And you know, for my brother, uh, whether it be Carmen or anybody who's part of my team, I always ask him to goals. you know, because if the people working for you, if they, you know, if my brother always wants to be with me right there. Like, right there with me then that's cool too but if he has different goals and I feel like is you know maybe not up to me but I want to be able to help him whatever you know what I mean I want him to be successful I want any and everybody on my team to be successful because if you're the only one up there at the end of the day then once again you didn't do something right
0: yeah man that's major well I appreciate your time brother as always man and like I said, stay safe over there, man, and hit me up if you ever need anything on this end because you know it's all good, man. Family for life, Tums brother. Tucked
1: podcast podcast. <laughs> appreciate y'all. Shout out to Racine. One of these days, we're going to talk to him about that club we went to on Racine on
0: that road <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, Phil. All right, see you. All right, salute. All right.